Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, it is allergy season here, and I am, I tell you that just off the top, if you hear the voice get a little bit raspy, or if I need to clear it a time or two, I'll do my best here with my mute button and my glass of water that Oz so graciously brought to me here a couple of minutes ago. Hope you had a great weekend, my friends. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Actually, I got an email over the weekend that we might, uh, it's something I might want to discuss with you. So we'll get to those things in in due course. I want to start here. I want to start here. A New York Post article over the weekend written by John Levine. Headline, Hunter Biden frequently covered Family Expenses, Texts Reveal. Now, this is in the book written by um, Miranda uh, Devine, and which is, again, I've referenced this book a few times, called Laptop from Hell. Laptop from Hell. And this is going, if Republicans win in the midterm election, which from all indications... <laughs> And if everything goes as planned, um, if everything, you know, there's no massive surprise or change or uh, issue with the election, I'll just say that, then um, Republicans are in position to pick up a lot of seats in the House of Representatives in, in particular and potentially have both the House and the Senate under their control for 2023 and 2024, leading us up to the next presidential election. If that is the case, and I've been thinking a lot about I told Oz before the show, I've been thinking about this, and I, I find myself wondering, I, I'm talking the high upper echelon uh, globalists, the, the George Soros and the World Economic Forum folks in the radical extreme leftists who are um, who don't like the idea that there's a nation <laughs> called the United States of America. They don't like what it stands for. They hate everything about it. They're looking for. I mean, they're globalists. I don't know. You know, they're they're truly globalists. Um, you hear Biden out there saying things like he even said in a speech or some comments recently the the new world order. He's <laughs> He said, uh, which I, I'm not just scoffing at. I mean, it's it's a it's something that the radical left has been pushing for for a a long time. Of course, never uh, never overtly. It's always covert. Uh, but they're the the power brokers, the the again the George Soros types, the incredibly high top level upper echelon strategists. I, I asked Oz. I, I said, I wonder. I wonder how they look at this this upcoming election. Part of me, part of me thinks that they have accepted 
the fact that they're going to lose. Now, of course, there are questions that I think that still are outstanding. I know some, some states have taken additional precautions to have, you know, additional security measures or they've taken steps to try to do away with some of the stuff that happened in 2020, which at bare minimum, my friends, is we had people in the uh, that were not part of the state legislatures literally changing deadlines and so forth, rules for the election, which is a massive problem, all under the guise of COVID, all under the guise of COVID. It, it was as though nothing, I mean, there was no no deadline that couldn't be moved to accommodate people because of COVID voting restrictions and so forth. But anyway, that's at minimum what they did. They And multiple states did this um, without the approval of their state legislatures, which is not... It's not the way it's supposed to work. Now that's at minimum. I, that's that's at minimum, which is problematic enough. But you look at some of the other things, which of course we're not allowed to discuss because um, by asking questions and pointing out legitimate problems, um, you know you're called things like an insurrectionist or trying to overthrow the election. Actually, you're trying to get to the truth of where the problems are. Because there are there are problems, right? And, there, and there's always going to be. I'm not here to say that, you know, as I've said as I've said before. And anytime you open up to take in votes, you're opening up an opportunity for people to be fraudulent. So you just have to be aware. It's it's as though our government acts like that's a zero. That never happens. They they act almost dumbfounded that you would make such a such a suggestion. But you think about every other aspect of life. I mean, you know, there's patrol cars on the streets to make sure that people follow speed limits. Well, I mean, by their logic, you post a number on a speed limit sign and suddenly everybody should stop doing any speed over the posted speed limit, which of course is ludicrous, but this is the way that they think or the way that they want you to think is logical. What is it? It's not logical. Right. Anytime you go, if you're a, a merchant or, or maybe I should say like a, a store owner, you open your store. Of course, it opens up the opportunity to do business, but you're also opening up your, yourself to the possibility of theft. So you have to take precautions. This this shouldn't even have to be discussed with people who are adults. This is a given. This is the way it works. This side of heaven. And there are people out there looking for opportunities to take advantage of people at, at all sorts of levels, whether it's robbing a convenience store, whether it's, I mean, any, to, to stealing, to, to doing something fraudulent in an election. And I'm also supposed to believe, and I've shared this before as well, by the way, the studio, um, we've moved it since I used to, I used to say, I woke up this morning, studio walls, held up yet again last night. It turns out the walls actually do work. Um, the exterior of the office is intact. Nothing came in that wasn't supposed to be in. Nothing went out that was supposed to stay in inside. It was a miraculous thing. This thing, same thing happens here where the studio is today as well. Walls 
do turn out to work. And of course, the left knows this because they're people like Nancy Pelosi put these up around their personal residence and so forth, but they don't believe in securing the southern border. But yet, even though there's massive numbers of people coming in illegally into this country, it's it's astronomically high. And again, I would maintain my in by intent um, by these these radical leftists to truly overwhelm our system and our um, you know j- just to truly break this country in any way that they can so that they can remake it in some sort of a more socialist utopian image or a globalist image. But you think even at that level, if we have millions of people coming in illegally every year, am I truly supposed to believe? that they will cross into the country illegally but not into the voting booth. I mean, this is just a lot to accept uh, for someone with common sense to accept. And to act as though there's not a problem in these particular areas. And this, of course we've seen we did see actual real evidence from mathematical to video to everything in between. And I still maintain that all states including the state of Indiana I think all states should engage in regular audits of their election, no matter who wins. I'm not saying this even just because of 2020. I'm saying it because of it's just something that should be done. I mean, we have when I again, I ran a nonprofit. We had what was with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. We had to report an annual audit. I forget if it was annually or every two. I can't remember. Um, It's been a while, but there was an expectation just. It's a safety precaution. It's just, and hopefully everything comes back. Hey, look at this. Turns out everything was was perfectly run. As they told as they told us, right? They told us, oh, this was the most secure election in the history of mankind. Mean, meanwhile, there's an election going on. Did I see this in France? And I believe, let me make sure I have got this right. I think I saw this on the Bongino report. Uh, election in France where they're using, you have to vote in person. I think it was France. You have to vote in person and it's on paper ballots. So, I mean, I, folks, I know that technology, technology does a lot of good things, but given some of the things that we learned and given some of the things that were found out and some of the vulnerabilities, and if you start thinking about machines connecting to the internet and that kind of stuff, I mean, it's not a crazy suggestion to think that we should that we should do that. It's not a it's not a super big deal um, to vote on to vote on paper, but that's what's happening in other parts of of the world. Um. So I'm as we're talking about the election and we think about all these facets and components, we're going to put all that aside for a moment and let's just look at the election itself. And let's think about the George Soros and the other elite globalists that are leading really today's Democrat Party. And they're asking themselves this question. I'm 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 convinced of this that as they as they look at the 2022 setup and they can see you know this is disastrous this um and and they know this is what people think of course i would maintain that this is part of their strategy as well um to to break it and then to push people to something else that includes 
anything from globalism, other currencies, you know, um, socialism, anything that moves it that direction, that's, that's a victory in their books. Of course, it's not a victory for the American people. But nonetheless, this is what, this is what they're, they're content with doing. So if you look at the landscape and you see, okay, we're looking like we're going to lose a lot of seats. Um, there have been some additional voter security measures that have been implemented in some places that, you know, need to, I think they would take note of that. Um, and you look and you think, on top of all that, we got Biden in the White House, who they didn't really want Biden there anyway. That he was their only, their only option back in, back in 2020. And so I think as they look at this, they think, look, in 2024, I think they've concluded Biden's not going to be their guy. He's not going to be on the ballot. I think it's safe to say Kamala's not as well. Now, Kamala has a group of people, Team Kamala, and it's a shrinking group of people because everyone on her team seems to be resigning. I mean, it's it's remarkable the number of people that are fleeing uh, Kamala. But she's going to probably try to make a bid for the presidency. I don't see that happening. And I think they realize that their biggest fear, I think that it's a fair thing to assume. If you said to them, would you rather lose control of the Senate and the House in 2022 and then try to regain it in 2024 because now now they're able to campaign and blame Republicans if that was the case in 2024 because Republicans now have control of the House and the Senate, at least in this theoretical example. Um, so if that is the case, it's they can at least say Republicans contributed to the mess we have. As it stands right now, this is completely their mess. I mean, they have no one to blame but themselves. Their fingerprints are all over this. And so if you asked the George Soros types of the world, I'm just I'm just thinking this through. I'm just telling you what I'm wondering. I don't I haven't concluded anything yet. But I find myself wondering wouldn't they rather cuz I think their biggest fear is Trump. And I like I like DeSantis, don't misunderstand me, but I I told Oz I think they're nine million times more afraid of Trump than even DeSantis. I mean, DeSantis is concerning to them in in ways as well. But Trump is a force unlike anything else that they've ever even imagined dealing with. And they just came through four years of that, and they saw what that was like. They know they can't. (laughs) They can't intimidate this guy. None of that. They know. They, they, they have no option. They have no solution for President Donald J. Trump. They, they don't want that. And so I find myself wondering if they would almost be willing to sacrifice and just say, look, let's take losses in 2022, realize that Biden can still do some things. Biden can still send, I mean, I'm not saying he will, although Biden probably will say it even this week, sending troops to Ukraine, which has already made comments like that. There's certain things the president could do. He could do some other executive actions. If there's another Supreme Court vacancy, he's still going to be able to nominate um, another radical leftist like Katanji Brown-Jackson, who's now, of course, confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court. And he can use executive actions, as I mentioned, And Republicans aren't going to have enough seats to overturn or overrun his veto. So 
Part of me thinks that they think, you know what? We don't want this guy in 2024 anyway. We can push him to the side. We can push Kamala to the side. Cross our fingers, because they still don't have a solution on who's 2024 that the candidate is. Hopefully find someone and say, look, Republicans contributed to the mess that happened from 2022 to 2024. Um, didn't get any better when they had power. Here's a new candidate. Biden was struggling. You know, maybe they'll blame, who knows, dementia. I don't know. I hate to even say stuff like that. But, I mean, I think this is just how these folks behave and so forth. I put nothing past them, and this might be how they they frame it. And if it prevents, if it gives them the better chance to beat Trump in 2024, you know, I find myself thinking that's probably appealing to them versus if they do somehow win (laughs) these midterms, we know what we're going to get. It's going to get worse. There's going to be no one to blame in 2024 besides the Democrats yet again. And now you've got, theoretically, Trump stepping back up to the metaphorical plate here to take a swing at the election again. And that is what terrifies them. How many people did Trump bring across the finish line uh, in local ra- and as Republicans in local races in 2016? I mean, even even our governor, Holcomb, back in six, he didn't even run a campaign back in 2016. Um, Trump, I think, absolutely pushed people like Eric Holcomb across the, the finish line in 16. And I just, um, I wonder, I wonder this. And then so the laptop story, which we'll get into as well, is going to be, if this is the way it shapes uh, shakes out, it's going to be relevant. Biden... I mean, if there's a Republican Congress, it's theoretically possible that Biden could could be impeached. And candidly, if what this looks like, this laptop story, what it looks like to me at this point, if it turns out to be legitimate and he was allowing his son to or helping his son deliberately establish business deals and get money and personally enrich himself and his family – um, using his position in government, that absolutely, absolutely is worthy of impeachment. And I, so, I mean, these things are all being considered, by the way, uh, by the power power brokers in the Democrat Party, the strategists and so forth. Where do they put their money? Um, and I, I find, I do think that they're wondering, is it even worth, <laughs> you know, is it worth is it worth trying to win in 2020? I mean, on one hand, they don't ever want to lose. But in another sense, their biggest fear is a President Donald J. Trump. It really is. I, I don't think it's even remotely close um, to anything else. Again, I don't want to say that they don't want to win. But if, if, if you position it as we have a better chance of winning in 2024, if we have a split, you know, a split government, Republicans running the House and Senate, or maybe just the House. That would even be better for them. Um, We have a better chance in 2024 at stopping a Trump or stopping a DeSantis with that picture. If that's the conclusion they've drawn, which I'm not saying it is, but it's very possibly the case because in in just, what, 15 months, this whole nation has basically (laughs) been a dumpster fire. So long in this first segment, got to take a time out when we get back to talk a little bit about the recent article here and about the Hunter Leiden laptop, which we've touched on in the past, but there's, again, it, it's it's always worse. The more we learn or the more we, the more information we get and piece together, or the journalists, the true journalists 
piece together. The worst of the story is all the time, each and every time that we hear it. So timeout is in order, my friends. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Now here's the, um, I referenced this last segment. This is in business, um, what is this? Business, bizpackreview.com. Business and politics section. Imagine that Sunday's election in France marked by voter ID, hand-counted paper ballots cast in person. Although France is often the target of jokes and ridicule, reads the article, it appears to have one major institutional advantage over companies like the U.S. and others purportedly tried-and-true secure elections. In Sunday's first round of voting in the presidential election, quote, French, this is a report from the AP, French voters will use the same system that's been used for generations, paper ballots that are cast in person and counted by hand. Absentee voting, the rough equivalent for which is called proxy voting in France, is permitted only in limited circumstances. There's no early voting or voting with electronic machines either. According to the left, these folks would be, by the way, they would be um, engaged in voter suppression. I mean, that's how the, the left frames this stuff today. If you put any requirement or any by virtue of having a deadline, if the polls close at 8, the left will say you are engaging in voter suppression. This is how this this is how this is works. So let's look back here. I just wanted to reference that since we uh, talked about that previous segment. So going back to this New York Post story about Hunter Biden. So again, imagine if Republicans win the midterm elections. Imagine if – this stuff, this Hunter Biden stuff, suddenly is not hidden. In fact, you be, I think anyone with a brain or any sort of curiosity starts to ask themselves, why all of a sudden? I mean, they denied this stuff. Hunter Biden laptop, they scoffed at that. They, they had, what was it, 50 national security experts sign a letter saying this had all the hallmarks of a Russian disinformation campaign. Folks, you better be careful here in 2016. You're about to be tricked to vote for the wrong candidate in 2020, just as you were in 2016. That was kind of what they were what they were saying. Russia propaganda, Russia disinformation, Russia, 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 Russia. Now all of a sudden, now New York Post has been in they were the ones who originally broke this story. So I'm not I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about other news outlets, which have suddenly, over the past couple of weeks, have acknowledged that this is a real story. And you begin to ask yourself, why? Why all of a sudden? Because it is an election year. Biden's not on the ballot. Why are they suddenly feeling the need to do this? Is that even necessary? Are they, want, are they trying to save face? I don't know. I, just, these are just questions. I, I don't. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to lead even a certain direction with the answer, but are they trying to save face because they believe Republicans are going to win and they're going to start having hearings on this stuff and they want to at least have some sort of a track record to say, well, we try, you know, we, we tried to report this information. Um, have the, the major power brokers decided to stop trying to protect Biden? Are they pulling the plug on the 2020 uh, two midterms? 
and saying to heck with all this. Let's just focus on 2024. We may be better in a better position strategically to win that election, to keep the White House if we've got divided government, because we might be able to blame Republicans for some of the mess that Biden is inevitably going to cause between now and 2024. I mean, you begin to ask, I think these are fair questions, fair questions to ask, but this this article, which again, this is in the book, and I, I said this. In fact, I was talking to friends about this just uh, Saturday night. I said it's not just 10% for the big guy, I mean, which was Biden. There's an email, President Biden, there's an email that says 10% of the business, you know, he's the big guy who's Biden, who, by the way, his, what the, the code name or whatever they say for uh, when he was vice president, he was Celtic. That was something else that they used to describe or reference Joe Biden. I think they also called him Pops, maybe. I think it was Pops. JRB was another, um, Joseph R. Biden. That was another thing they referred to him as. But it's right here. And, and Hunter is writing in these emails and messages and texts, basically saying, Dad takes half of my, <laughs> of my income. Dad takes half of my income. Income. He's paying bills out of his account, paying bills for the Biden residence and, and upkeep and different projects around one of the houses. Of course, there's multiple houses involved, which usually makes the media demonize you in and of itself, but that doesn't matter when the person is a, um, a Democrat. So, I mean, this is really damning stuff it's really damning and they're now starting to admit it the media which tells me that they've either they're either trying to save face or someone's made a strategic decision to say hey we're not even going to try to you know protect biden from this he's you know wore out his usefulness to us at this particular point in time i mean i i think that those are legitimate questions to ask ourselves um, because he's clearly, clearly not competent. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos from over late last week, I think, when Obama um, and Biden were in the same room and everybody was shaking hands with Biden, and to, or excuse me, to Obama, laughing it up with Obama and all this sort of stuff. And Biden is literally just standing like, by, it, it was really a pathetic scene. He's the president of the United States and no one was even paying attention to this guy. He was kind of in the back of the group, standing off by himself, almost looked like he was either staring at the back of a guy's head or at a wall, totally just disengaged. People didn't care, um, but they were all over all over Obama. And that, by the way, is Kamala was up there, you know, hanging out with Obama as well, which, again, I know I'm not saying that to say I feel sorry for the guy. This is this is 50 years in my estimation and in, in the works here. I mean, this there's been some bad things happen for a long time, as it pertains. Um, well, I think as this book, the laptop from hell, clearly demonstrates. Anyway, so all these things are percolating to the surface here in an election year, and the election is what May, June, July. Oh, what is it, seven months away? Seven months away. They have no storyline. They have no reason. Hillary's out there. I played the soundbite last week saying Democrats have to, to tell their story better. 
There's nothing to tell. I mean, this is disastrous. Biden did get a 3%, I think I saw, 3% bump um, after the nomination of Katanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court, but that's tiny. And once people, once that you know news cycle passes, they're going to be suddenly faced with the realities of high inflation, dumpster fire in this nation again. And it's going to drop back right where it was as we head directly into the heart of election season. So quick time out, my friends. Come back, shift gears just a little bit when we get back. And uh, we will be back here in just a minute. Come back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by our friends at Citizens Bank. Citizens-banking.com is the website. They've got locations conveniently situated all over central Indiana, Johnson County, Morgan County, Hendricks County, looking at mortgages, looking at opening new business accounts, personal accounts, looking to get a car, check out Citizens Bank, citizens-banking.com. For more information, be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So let's, as I say, shift gears here a little bit. I want to... <laughs> some. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she, I was hoping when I first saw this story, it was an audio because I love, she does these videos on, I don't know, they TikTok videos or something. And I mean, they are sometimes just absolutely slap your leg funny. Some of the ridiculous stuff she says. It's not a, it's not a video this time. It is a, a tweet a tweet. So she's responding. <laughs> I tell you what, this is this is fantastic to me. She's responding. Remember, we had Katanji Brown Jackson before the Senate Judiciary Committee meeting, answering questions from um, well, not really answering questions, avoiding questions in many cases, but fielding questions from senators. And she was asked at one particular point to define a woman by Senator Marsha Blackburn from Kentucky. And, of course, Katanji Brown-Jackson says, I can't tell you what a woman is because I'm not a biologist, which, of course, is patently absurd and ridiculous. I mean, I wish Marsha Blackburn would have been ready for that. Uh, Could you tell us what one plus one is? Or can you not tell me that because you're not a mathematician? I mean, this could go on ad infinitum here. Uh, You know, when you... When you sit down in your vehicle to start the engine, how do you do that? Or can you not tell us that because you're uh, not a mechanic? I mean, on and on this can go, right? Just silly, ridiculous sophistry that we have to deal with. So AOC, AOC coming to the rescue here to basically try to spin, (laughs) spin this issue a little bit and make Republicans look like the ridiculous ones here. She tweets this out the other day. Now, she's going to reference something here that they the left goes to this, I mean, all the time. It is um, the Supreme Court case, Citizens United. They don't like that case because the Supreme Court basically ruled that bit companies, corporations, um, had, because they were comprised of people, I mean, people form corporations, if a corporation wants to engage in political speech, 
they're allowed to do so. This send the left into a, I mean, they're just out of their minds because corporations, they would say, are not people and all this sort of stuff, which really goes to show um, <laughs> just the, their level of, of misunderstanding of basic things, especially as it pertains to who's, I mean, who's who's paying the, the, the taxes and all this stuff. But anyhow, forget, be, be that as it may for just a moment. She thinks she's got the tweet here to really flip the, the script here and make Republicans look like the silly ones. So she says this, how is the party who believes corporations or people are suddenly trying to police who a woman is or who is a woman and who isn't? Aha, I gotcha. <laughs> You're calling corporations people. You can't do that. If you can't do, if, if that's what your definition of a person is, what even makes you think you can begin to question who is a woman and who's not? How, how can you possibly even tell us what that is? That's the argument. Th- folks, this is, this is just completely devoid of any reason and, and logic here. She continues. Oh, she continues. There are, uh, these are the same people who think Arby's, congratulations there for giving Arby's the free publicity or whatever, but who think Arby, Arby's is a legal human being, uh, that's not that's not at all what people think. But anyway, I don't see them assigning genders to their shady little LLCs. Give me a break. Shady little LLCs. So now, according to the left, because if you have a corporation and you don't refer to your corporation with a gender, your LLC or whatever, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Zero uh, percent what she's talking about here. But if if you don't start referring to your LLC as a certain gender, then you are the hypocrite here because you're asking a Supreme Court, Supreme Court justice to define what a woman is. Even though Biden, I mean, Biden explicitly said the two qualifications for his Supreme Court justice, and he's only given us two, was their race and ethnicity, or their, I'm sorry, race and gender, which if gender is something we can't define, how do we ever know? How do we ever know if Katanji Brown Jackson is a woman if we can't define what woman is? I, I'm sorry, my friends. Like That is a necessary part of being able to even engage in me, any meaningful discussion or language conversation to, to converse in English or any language for that matter. You have to be able to define the words and what they mean. Otherwise, what are you trying to do when you use them? And this is... <laughs> The stupidity of this. She thinks she's got the aha moment because Republican, but really what Republicans and and what the court has said here, more importantly, is that these corporations are run by people, people who come together to form a legal entity to do business, to, you know, to go out and to engage in commerce. And they can speak the, the same people that run Har- Arby's, as she points out here, she must she must not like roast beef sandwiches or something. But the same people that run Arby's are people. I mean, they're people. That's the whole point. And just because you get a group of people together and form a corporation, or if you form a church, if you want to fo- form a radical left uh, left you know left wing think tank, not feel tank then you you can engage in politics 
because it's composed of people. What else is it? I mean, I just it's it's mind-boggling to me listening or in this case reading some of the nonsense we're subjected to. But what the best part of this to me is that she thinks she's flipped the script on the Republicans. Aha, you think people are companies or businesses well. Who are you to even suggest that Katanji Brown Jackson should have to define what a woman is? Gotcha. Checkmate. <laughs> Give me a break. I got to take a break, my friends. Sit tight back here in just a minute. All right, my friends. I got a, an email. I'd mentioned this off the top. I want to I don't have as much time to discuss it as I would like. We got an email from Anthony in Indianapolis and a long, thoughtful email. I've, I've got some some thoughts on this, Anthony, and I'll put it in our stack of stuff here to to get to specifically for the end of the week. But I do I do want to say off the top here, um, he's Anthony's very kind to me here. He says he says I hope this qualifies as making it count, which of course gets my attention because I say on this show from time to time, if you're going to you know I welcome you to email me. I give you my email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback opinions of course adoration and praise is always accepted at that email address folks i do this i do this in just a, i don't know a tongue-in-cheek fashion i i'm not i don't i i like to hear from you i'm just having a little bit of fun with it but i do also say from time to time if you're gonna reach out just make it count that's my only request and i've said i have said on here that 99 maybe 99.9 of the people percent of the people i hear from do make it count I'm referencing some of the stupid stuff I get. Anthony, your email clearly is in the category of making it count. I can tell that you've uh, thought about this. I, I think you've got some points. I think I want to uh, tweak it a little bit. want to tweak it a little bit. It's going to go in my stack of stuff. We'll discuss it later. But I just wanted to clarify that, Anthony, your email did count. You made it count. Good work. And we'll talk more about it this week. And, folks, when I do say those things, I'm just messing I love hearing from you. Just don't write me and say something offensive and, you know, just ridiculous because that is what I mean when it doesn't count. So quick time out. Back here in just a minute. All right, my friends. Unfortunately, that's about all the time that we that we have today. Anthony, we will get to your email later in the week uh friday maybe and who knows this depends on how the news breaks down for the week and as we know biden is uh running a you know, all-out dumpster fire here so i'm sure there's going to be other stuff to talk about but i do want to get to your email because it is well thought out and i look i encourage folks to to email me i mean that's i, I love to hear from folks i don't want to be misunderstood that's just Playful tongue and uh, tongue and cheek stuff. You'd be surprised. Again, ninety nine point nine percent of the people I hear from articulate just good points. I love reading the emails. Every once in a while, I deal with someone who didn't make account. That's rare. Anthony, you made account. I've got to go, folks. Have a wonderful day. We will see you tomorrow. STG, take care. <laughs>